Richards Bowie Versus Tillian Is this year when I'm glowy Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy Or a villain It's time for Bowie versus Dillian. Hello there, and welcome to Bowie versus Dylan. I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. And today, we are taking a look at that big old year. That year that doesn't mean very much, uh, but it's kind of like a halfway... It's a halfway anniversary of the decade. It's 2005, Chaz. Yeah, and um, I have nothing clever to say about 2005. <laughs> hey, uh, what a coincidence. To start us off. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> we maybe should have discussed this before. I uh, was alive in 2005. I remember it. Oh, yeah, I remember it quite well. Um, I was I, in college in 2005. I had just gotten married. That was my first year of, yeah. of marriage. Yeah. I going, remember you getting married. I was there. Going to school. Uh... You know, living in an apartment, stuff like that. Real yeah, exciting. Hey, whoa. Real exciting. Cool. No kids yet, so life was great. <laughs> it was all downhill after kids. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, don't tell the kids. Don't tell the kids. Kids hey, don't listen to this. Speaking of things that you should tell us, tell us about David Bowie in 2005. Nice. Hey, anyway. I'm going to start by telling you about a beer I'm drinking right now, James. Oh, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. And loving it so Do much. It. Oh, I want to it know. Is, it's Insight Brewing. Which okay. is another local Twin Cities brewery, ah. which you probably you can't get anywhere except for the Twin Cities. Beer totally, is. totally. It's called uh, Crazy Aunt. Yep. And Jake, it's a gin and tonic style ale. What does that even mean? I've never heard of that. It means it tastes like beer and gin and tonic in a most delightful fashion. <laughs> is it kind of like a crisp Mos- and clean, like a Moscow Mule but with beer? Kind Let of? me tell you something, Jake. It's yeah. not because you know what? They also have another one whose name I can't remember, but it's something uncle, and is a Moscow Mule-style ale. It's probably like Russian uncle who hits you. It is. It, it, no, no, I don't remember. It's not Russian uncle. something okay. uncle. Okay. I don't remember. But wow. that one's also I've good. Never, I got, I've I got, never heard of that. I got some of those for my wife also, because she loved Moscow Mules a lot. Now, how does... They, they were on a really good sale at the uh, local liquor store. How does, I was very pleased to find them. How do these beers stack up against the greatest beer that has ever been released of all time, which is the Lemon Shandy by Leinenkugels? <laughs> does it stack uh, Jake, up nicely? I need you, I'm going to need you to shut your mouth right now. Okay. <laughs> now, you've just mentioned a beer that the great majority of the nation of can actually get. Yeah, I know. That's at my grocery store. I just think I just think that Leinenkugels should change their name to like Leinenkugels Hard Lemonade at this point. Because well, that's all they're doing. Yeah, that's what they tell. got. That's what they got. Uh... I mean, we're proud of them, in a way. <laughs> they're hometown heroes. Yeah, they, they really are. Chippewa, Chippewa Falls, they're Wisconsin. Because they're not far away from where we grew up. No, and they're, they're, uh, Chippewa Falls is not known for much else besides, the, of course, the waterfall, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Chippewa Falls. Good waterfall. Great waterfall. Good waterfall. Mm. Hey, I'm going to do another thing that isn't quite talking about David Boyd, but it's no. closer. We're getting and there. I want to give a shout-out to... Ooh. I've done, given this shout-out before, and I'm going to do it again. Uh, to the book The Complete David Bowie by mm. Nicholas Pegg, which is a big, fat, meaty volume. So meaty. Uh, it's like 800 pages, and I, I get my information from lots of places, lots of resources, but oh, that yes. is always, it's my number one source every single year. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Nicholas Pegg, you're the man. Hey, Just thanks, thanks Nicholas. Thanks, NP. NP. NPEG. Well done. NPEG. Well done. NPEG. What? NPEG. 
So, uh, with that, I'm going to actually talk about 2005 and David Bowie. That's all right with you. I can't wait. You're the one that... It's going to be kind of a quiet one, but here we go. You're the one that's been keeping us off track, so I guess you can ask permission of yourself. (laughs) This is not... This is a two-person job. (laughs) Keeping us off track is always a two-person job, Jake. (laughs) I don't know. I think think it's kind of a 60-40 situation. (laughs) Well, it depends on the you're you're the 60, but okay. Uh, Okay. All right, there. Mm. All right, you've been warned. Okay. Move along. (laughs) Move along. So, 2005 is part of that golden period yep. that is not golden at all. Um, I would say it's like a rusty period, but it's not. It's just like a not period. It's not a It's period. a period that I have given the obnoxious nickname of the Davecation to, which we've used the word so many times I don't even feel like it's that obnoxious anymore, Jake. It's just it's, become like a word. It's obnoxious. It's just but a, it's just a, is it still obnoxious? I'm glad it is. To drive, I wanted it to be obnoxious. Only because you keep saying how obnoxious it is, though, I think. I think if oh, you just... Is, is it me, me describing it as obnoxious? Yes. Is actually making it more obnoxious? I believe so, yeah. Because you call, you call attention know. to it. I think that I need to write a nice little uh, a nice little song about the Davecation. I was just thinking. Oh, well, I think so. I should think so. Since We're it would, good, you know. It would We're play, probably over halfway done with it. I can't remember how many years we've done it. It would play in a given episode 16 times, probably. For all the times you say Davecation. <laughs> if it was one of the Davecation years, well, which well, today is, yeah. is the whole moral lawyer was going with this. Yeah. So the Davecation years, for those of you who didn't listen to any of the other boring Davecation years episodes, mm. um, so are boring. actually they get interesting because I, I can find all of the weirdest, smallest stuff and talk about it because I have time. And you make, up uh, game, you make up game shows for us sometimes. I make up game shows. This is a very simple one. We're going to have some multiple choices today, but it's going to be a little simpler this Ooh, time. I can't wait. Anyway, um, it's a period where Bowie just didn't do very much. He had a heart attack in early 2004, um, canceled the rest of his tour, and didn't do much for about 10 years. So we try to sprinkle these years throughout our, uh, our podcasting as we jump around from year to year. Of course. Um, and uh, and everyone smells time for another one, and today is one of those times. Now, like most vacation years, it's not as quiet as it seems on the surface. Ooh, mysterious. You know? There's just more stuff going on under there, and again, like I can track down every weird little lead on these years and spend time. And I can watch every single you know live footage of him, period, from the year because there just isn't very much going on. Whereas you get a year like you know Z Stardust, and I just got to hit the biggest points. Like I right. can't get down into the minutia, you know. So this is the minutia year, Jake. So I am gonna just lead, let this lead through a series of. Um, just there's just only two choices, but multiple choice questions. <laughs> and I'm gonna give you two things that Bowie might have done. He did one of them. He didn't do the other one. Those are called. Uh, out those are called tec- did, technically multiple choice questions. Just barely. They're technically multiple. Just, there's more than one choice. Just I mean, barely. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the mul- the term multiple choice is kind of you know redundant actually. Like Whoa. if you have a choice, there's more than one. Whoa, you know? Chaz, you just blew my I'm mind. I'm just saying, you never know, thought of it, that. I think we could just call it a choice. You know, just a choice. But would you agree? Would you agree that whenever you just think about a multiple choice question, that the number of responses or choices is usually four? Is that it's four? It's oh, four, it's absolutely right? that's four. That's the standard. Oh, for sure. Oh, that's the standard. Yeah, you so might we're get scaling a, things back. It's only two choices each time. Okay, <laughs> just but for still, Two is still multiple. It's still that's, more you're, than one. You're right. You're right. Maybe next time I will give you one choice questions. Can you choose just one thing if there's only one option? Can you choose that choice? Which did Bowie do? Okay. This? And then you just gotta go for it. Okay. No? What? Like, <laughs> this, is me, this is me giving you a not multiple choice question. Yeah, but, I, but I'm saying like your, your conversation about being redundant, would it be redundant yeah. to have one 
one thing? Well, I think that's not a choice. That's not a choice if it's the only right. answer. Okay. Right. All right. There is no choice. You can choose not to do it and just forget the question altogether and, and lose that point. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, technically. <laughs> uh, I feel like we get into how this relates to true and false questions, but I don't want to. So I'm going to give you the first question here. All right. All right. Ready, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Which did Bowie do in 2005? None of the above. Number one, or A, do a mini tour of the United States of America. Uh-huh. Or B, act a cameo role in the little-known direct-to-video sequel, Ruddles 2, Can't Buy Me Lunch. Ah, uh, the second one. No, <laughs> oh, obviously the second one. <laughs> See, these what? are easy ones. One of the choices is like barely thought out. The other one is going to Can't Buy Me detail. Lunch? Great pun, guys. Did you even know this existed, Jake? No, I have no I'm, idea. I'm, I have no I'm idea what that is. That you have seen the original Rebels movie from 1978. I think it is. Rebels? No, I don't think so. Rud- the Rebels. Have you not seen the Rebels? Oh, the Rebels. I'm sorry. I thought you said the Rebels. Now it no. makes so much more sense. Yeah. The Rebels, of course. Yeah. I love the Rebels. All right. Well, thank you for that. I was worried about you for a second. You know, I feel no. like they're, they're bigger than that whatever band that they parodied. Really, I can't. Even, know, no one even thinks about right. them anymore. At all, the Beatles. The Beatles. Oh. They just said that uh, that big Abbey Road box. That was oh just man, I'm I'm salivating. As, I'm salivating. As of this recording, and I I haven't been Ooh. on the uh, that that Beatles box set. Me train, but I'm thinking about it. I think I'm thinking I'm about it too because that's my favorite Beatles album. Is that your favorite? It is, and my I don't. Is. And I can't recall hearing a lot around. of a lot of outtakes and stuff from that. So there's a lot apparently. Yeah, apparently there's like six CDs. You get worth. the right stuff. There's like three discs of just session outtakes. Just oh. outtaken like crazy. That's right. All right. So uh, all right. I'm, so I'm a winner. I'm Bowie, a winner. Bowie did not do a mini tour of the U.S. He didn't tour at all in right. 2005. Right. Since the day. In fact, he, in fact, his the end of the last. He ended his tour in 2004 and never toured again after that. And never, never actually did a full live show after that at all. Now, if Only he had, if he had done a mini tour in 2005, would that qualify as having been a Davecation, or would that not have been a Davecation yet? I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. The term Davecation is, you know, it's loose. It's it's <laughs> it's real it's loose. loose. I mean, <laughs> just like you after I that. Know. Just like you after that crazy liquor beer you're drinking. <laughs> it's great. Hey, it's, it's great getting liquor. loose. It's getting loose. So yeah, mm, so piney and delicious. Oh. I want to try. I know that. you wish you wish you had one. Right I now. do. I, mean, I actually really do. Yeah, yeah. I'm sad that I. Did. All right. So he did act in a cameo role in the little-known direct-to-video sequel Ruddles Two. Can't buy me lunch. Didn't know about that. Can't buy me lunch is yeah, a great well, name. Though. It sounds like there's a reason. I didn't want. I just watched the Bowie parts. I didn't watch the whole thing. It sounds like it's not very good. It can't be. But they brought it back. Eric Idle of Monty Python was the guy who put it together in the first place. And he oh. did the second one, too, but they, it didn't make it into theaters, which probably tells you the quality of it. But yeah. um, okay. Eric Idle was friends with Bowie, and so he asked him to do this. And so Bowie just – I couldn't find – I don't know what he actually did in the movie. What I found on, on YouTube was actually it – it seemed like it was a like – like his entire interview or whatever for the thing. It's like six minutes of him doing this like hilarious ramble. I think he was probably making it up as he went along. Okay. And it's him and Eric Idle just Eric Idle is interviewing him off camera. And they're just talking about all these ridiculous things that may have happened with the members of the Rebels. <laughs> oh, okay. It was really and like he's talking about the one who was obviously the John Lennon analog since, you know, but we had the most to do with him. Of course. But talking about this like these avant garde things they're gonna do, like they're gonna, you know, do a what was it? They're going to live in a basket for six months or something, or bag, <laughs> at a bag for six months. I don't know. It was really it was really quite funny. So I don't know what... I'm sure they chopped it up, and that 
put different pieces of it in different places. Yeah. But uh, it's, you know, you don't feel like you see Bowie as, like, just straight up funny very often. No, not but, really. Uh, he can be, though. Oh, he can be. He can be. And just, again, I, I have to assume that he was just making it up, that he was riffing and just making it up. They probably did, you know, a half an hour of this or something and, and kept the best bits. But it was entertaining. So, uh, nice one, Bowie. Way to go, All right, Bowie. you ready for another Which Did Bowie Do? Yeah, I'm ready. Hard-hitting question, Jake. I'm ready. We're moving along. All right, this is another easy one, but um, still entertaining. Which did Bowie do? A, release an album of new material. <laughs> or B, act in an XM satellite radio commercial with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> uh, let me think about this. this is, you know this the is answer. Hard. You're still tantalized, aren't you? <laughs> Both seems... Well, It's the second one is so outrageous that it uh-huh. makes me think, like... Is Chaz Pol- has he been playing a long con on me this whole time? Like, oh man, I wish there were. He's been setting up this joke for the entirety of our podcast. <laughs> He'd be like, just hot, just kidding, he did release an album in 2005. But no. The is a myth. Ah, it's a myth. It's a conspiracy this. theory. This podcast is over. albums in those ten years. <laughs> Don't you feel foolish. Um, and I do feel foolish, but I will pick B. I'll pick the second yeah, one. Yeah, you are correct in that. that as well. Yep. That's amazing. Yep, that's true. That's true. Are we going to do a so little, no, a little, not, a little BVD not. theater and like reenact this commercial? Is you, oh man, you I, wish I, I wish I'd gotten the. No, I didn't do it. Oh man, Jake, oh, well. I'm just failing. I'm missed, failing you here. <laughs> missed opportunity. I mean, Bowie did not release an album. He released no albums between 2003 and 2013 when he came back with the next day. Yes. But he was. He did act in an XM satellite radio commercial with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. It also featured Derek Jeter. Uh huh. Ellen DeGeneres. Oh my goodness. And some probably popular country singer that I didn't recognize. What's its name or her? I don't know. That's oh, what I'm saying. I didn't, I didn't, they just didn't had her in the commercial. I, I don't know who it was. That's cool. That's fine. But she was sing country. Anyway, the whole premise of it is they're all like hanging out in studios, like running their XM satellite radio shows, apparently. <laughs> and Snoop Dogg's there. He starts it out. He's the real lead of the commercial, okay? Sure, he's Snoop Dogg. And Snoop Dogg can't find his bling. He can't find his chain. Oh, no. And so he starts going around to everyone, asking them if they know where his chain is. And yeah. so he starts by talking to Jared Jeter, who doesn't know. And then he goes to Ellen DeGeneres, who is like on air at the time and looking at him through the glass and can't hear what he's saying, can't understand, and thinks maybe he's talking about a giant beard or something. <laughs> yeah. And Makes then sense. he goes to the country singer, who was country singing at the time. Yeah. And then he finds his way over to Bowie, who just like looks at him and goes like, oh, I don't know. Just like looks really, you know, honest, like, I, I don't know. And Snoop Dogg keeps walking and we stay with Bowie, who uh, unzips his sweatshirt to reveal this giant gold Snoop. <laughs> Necklace. He it's took really it. fabulous. It's worth watching, Jake. He I took it. it. I did not see that coming. David <laughs> Bowie. Bowie just stole Snoop Dogg's chain. You slide dog, you. You slide Snoop Dogg. didn't think he had it up, did he? Wow, no, I didn't I think. You know, I would believe that he was funny before I would believe he'd take a huge gold chain from Snoop Dogg. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay, now did David, did David Bowie have an XM radio station? I don't know. Or a, a show at the time? Man, I, I don't know why I didn't look that up. They were just I like... I, uh, I didn't see anything about it anywhere I was looking, but I, I didn't know if any of them had, you know, <laughs> stations at the well, time, maybe, maybe they all had channels. You know, you can go to, like, the David Bowie channel. Maybe that's what Yeah, yeah, there you go. I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm not on the board at XM Radio. I have no idea. What the, I barely <laughs> know how that time. works. <laughs> I have a show on there. I just don't know it. Uh, the David Boy channel is returning, apparently. I'm looking this up right now You're out of curiosity. I can, I can tell. We had a, we had a bit of an awkward pause there. <laughs> <laughs> the David Bowie channel returns to Series XM to commemorate the legendary artist David Bowie. <laughs> well, thanks, oh, wait, XM. This is, tw- this is 2016. <laughs> we'll watch it. That would have been right after he died. Okay. All right. Boy, we're perpetually behind well, the times here. <laughs> this is just a warning to me to do my homework. Apparently. Yeah. Hey, do your homework, short of, man. Short of watching, watching a one-minute-long commercial for what's featuring David Bowie and uh, Snoop Dogg and, think, Ellen, and Ellen DeGeneres and Derek Jeter and some country singer. Uh, right I, I think you did the right thing, though. I think you did the right thing. <laughs> All right. Which did Bowie do? A. Re-release two archival live albums with extra tracks from his storied vaults. Yeah. Or B. Uh, release a never-previously-heard archival live album from his storied vaults. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, only because we talked about it right before the show. <laughs> yeah, we did. Otherwise, <laughs> Otherwise I wouldn't know. know. Otherwise, you wouldn't know. Uh, uh, I wouldn't know. I would have had to guess, but I didn't this time because I remember yeah, you know, stuff. That, that one was actually actually a legitimate. Uh, yeah, that was hard. Yeah, I know. That's the, the hardest one. <laughs> They're not very hard. Yeah, that was hard, and I I knew the answer. It was still hard. I know. <laughs> still, just <laughs> it was like, hard. Hey, what's going on? Uh, hey, whoa, whoa! I don't know. Whoa, whoa there's, 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 there's a choice. There's two things whoa. to choose from. So Bowie did not release a never previously heard archival live album from his story vaults, although um, he did do that quite often in the uh, deification years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That happened a lot. Most years, one of those came out, but this year instead, he re-released his two live albums from the seventies, David Live, yeah. which was recorded and released in 1974. We talked about it in the 1974 we episode. Did. And Stage, which was recorded and released in 1978, and which we talked about in the 1978 episode. We've talked about that one a lot, I feel. Yeah. But we talked about it again some in the uh, 2018 episode. Right, because they keep yeah. re-releasing us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just trying to get that sucker anyway. right, you know? <laughs> still haven't gotten there. <laughs> anyway, David Live was completely remixed. It was slightly reordered, and two more bonus tracks were added on to the two previously added bonus tracks from the last time it was re-released in the 90s or something. Yeah, sure. Stage was heavily reordered because originally Stage was put, like all the songs he sang at this concert were basically put into a chronological order by when they were first released. It's kind of a strange thing to do. Not the order he sang them in the concert at all. Um, and then originally on that album, they had put, they kind of made it more studio feeling, so like it faded out between, like, the, uh, the audience sound faded out between tracks, and there was actual silence between yeah, the tracks. Right. Not like a live show. Um, so this. For this re-release in 2005, they actually like reordered it back into the order he actually did it in okay. concert. Like, so yeah. it starts with a six-minute-long ambient song, which is amazing. Like, you know, it's like the gutsy move, Jake. Oh. To start out a concert with a six-minute-long ambient song. Yeah, I feel like which it pulls off. Feel like having and they added on having two bonus tracks right and added to one previously added bonus track. Okay. And don't worry, it was re-released again in. 2017. You know, with a couple more bonus tracks. I am worried because you keep getting points for all these stupid re-releases. <laughs> so I am worried. I am. I'm worried. Oh. So both of them really <laughs> did this. Like both of them were not. They're okay. They're both like decent. They're both decent, but they're both significantly better after these uh, reissues in 2005. All so right. I'm glad well, it happened. I can sleep at night now, knowing that they're better now. Got it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, Jake. I mean. <laughs> I wouldn't want you to lose sleep over David Bowie. I never do. 
That's not what David Bowie's about, okay? He's all about sleeping. It's not about sleeping, man. He's sleeping so much that he's dead, Jake. The Dave, wow. The Dave, I was going to do a Davecation thing, but you took it straight to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, well, you can... What do we do? I don't know. A, stage a Christmas-themed play called Little Drummer Bowie. <laughs> or B, what? design a lunchbox for charity with his then five-year-old daughter. That's B. That's B for sure. But, That's correct, but they're both they're both just just bad crazy right there. They are, but the first one. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad you thought of that. That was good of you because you got well, a little. Let's talk little, about the lunchbox. Little first drummer we'll Bowie is is a. We'll come back to little drummer Bowie in a second. Decent. Because <laughs> there's more there's more to talk about with that. <laughs> uh, All right. So the lunchbox for charity. Yep. It was like a bunch of celebrities designing lunchboxes. Oh, definitely. Apparently his five-year-old daughter, then five-year-old daughter, was Alexandria, did more than he did. I don't know. I saw it. It looked like it was designed by a five-year-old. It's yep. cute. Or Sweet. David Bowie, whichever. Or David Bowie. Well, I've seen some of his other artwork. He was you know, a fairly accomplished uh, artist, too. Uh, sure. And they did that thing for charity and the end. Now... Let's talk about Little Drummer Bowie because <laughs> Can we? it's a great title. I wish I came up with it, but I didn't. Oh, you did Because oh. there is a real, there was a real play in 2005 called Little Drummer Bowie. It okay. happened. Bowie just didn't have anything to do with it. Okay, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't it do it. Quote, the adventures of a punk percussionist called Ziggy and his, and his counters with Jesus, Mary, Joseph, Samson the donkey, and Joshua the camel. Oh my goodness. This sounds amazing. <laughs> Does it? Yep. <laughs> Strangely, it is no longer running. I don't believe oh. it won any. I don't believe it won any Obi Wan. What? That's, that's like the Universal story. That's like the everybody <laughs> has that. all this time. <laughs> Absolutely. A punk percussionist called Ziggy, meaning Jesus, <laughs> Mary, Joseph, and a talking donkey and talking camel. Presumably, I'm assuming they're talking. I don't actually know. There's not uh, much information about this available. They strangely have. Enough. They have to be talking. That's all I can assume. Okay. But they must be. Which did Bowie do? You've had them all right so far, because the only hard one we talked about before the show. Yeah, that's your fault. Your fault, by the way. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going with this at all. I'm going okay. with this at all. No, this, the last one is actually a pretty good one, too. The last one's actually got right. some actual question. This one's is easy, though, probably, also. All right, which did Bowie do? A, sing guest vocals on a song by Cashmere. Cashmere. Or B, attend a show called Ground Control to Frank Sinatra. Attend that show? Yeah. Or sing a sing a, on a song by a guy named Cashmere? Guest vocals on a song by Cashmere. <laughs> uh, he did both those things. No, he did not. Okay, so I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with B. He attended a show. Oh, you're wrong. Oh! You're wrong. Wow, that one was the hardest one. The hardest one. <laughs> Since I got it wrong, clearly. It's an easy, it's an easy week. I'm giving you an easy one this time. All right, so he did sing guest vocals on a song by Cashmere. Yeah. I don't know anything about this band except it was produ- They were produced by Tony, um, Bowie's longtime producer, right. and so Tony Visconti asked him to come in for guest vocals, and he so did. Come on in. Come on in. So the song called is called the Cynic. It's actually uh, a pretty cool song. I okay. liked it. And it's a really, it's a really cool music video, which Bowie is again. Ooh. So the salty. video is kind of like partially animated, partially live action. It's, it's seemingly inspired by Soviet propaganda posters. Uh-oh. So it's super stylized and super like, it's really cool. Um, and like the band's hanging out and trying to rescue somebody and Bowie just kind of slowly poisons everyone. <laughs> like he's wearing the suit. He's he looking slowly kind of poisons everyone. 
and he keeps giving people drinks, and then they die because he poisoned them. Hey, that sounds like a fun party. It was a really cool video, Jake. I All really right. liked it. I'm I believe saying, you. I want to. I want to get that out there to everyone. Hey, everyone, cool everyone, just it's a cool video. If you yep. can agree on anything, and I, and I, agree on this and I video. And I recently cool. liked the song also. Okay, that's that's important. Okay, so let's talk about now ground control to fake Sinatra, which Bowie did not attend, <laughs> which is it, but is a real show though that was going into that. Ground control to Frank Sinatra. Here's the deal, Jake. Tell me. It was a music based, uh, music based like performance. It wasn't exactly a play. Okay. Um, but this comedian or performer, or whatever, named Jeff Duff, mm-hmm. performs songs by Bowie and Frank Sinatra, like as one another. So oh, it's like so. performing Bowie as Frank Sinatra and performing Frank Sinatra as Bowie. Okay. And that's it? I, I found, <laughs> well, <laughs> it was, <laughs> that's it, yes. Well, great. It is. What a gimmick. Um, I found some clips online. Uh-huh. And it was, I don't know. I think I probably liked the uh, the Frank Sinatra performing Bowie better. Yeah. Than the Bowie performing Frank Sinatra. I can see Maybe that. Maybe because I, don't, I, don't, I only know so many Frank Sinatra songs, you know? Yeah. Well, but, I mean, uh, it I mean, really, what it really reminded me of was, uh, are you familiar with Richard Cheese? No, I don't think so. Uh, you probably would know some. Anyway, Richard Cheese is this guy who just performed like, I don't know what, if he's still around. I just remember performing like a lot of 90s songs, like 90s, you know, grunge and, you know, industrial songs, yeah. like as a lounge singer. Oh, so, that like, does uh, sound familiar. So he was, like, I, I just remember him performing uh, Closer by Nine Inch Nails as like, a lounge singer. <laughs> oh, so, nice. you know, you get me closer to God. Right. But total lounge and just over the top. Okay. Um, and so I don't know if he's still around doing this, but he was, he did a lot of stuff like that. I remember doing like Linus Morissette and stuff like that. Okay. But as a lounge singer, it was, it was pretty hilarious, but you know, it's, it's pretty one note. So you listen to, you know, one or two of them and you're kind of done. Yeah. In my opinion. But yeah. That was his whole stick. So that's what it reminded me of when it was, you know, Frank Sinatra performing. Sure. Um, I also want to include a fairly unrelated anecdote that does have to do with David Bowie, but Whoa. that is only tangentially related to everything else. All right. Um, so in, I believe, 1968, David Bowie, when he was trying to do everything, you know, he was trying to write musicals and try to be a mime and try mm. to occasionally be, you know, a rock performer. Definitely. Um, he was trying to write songs for other people also. And he was asked at one point by his manager or somebody to uh, translate a song, a French song called Comme d'Etude, was the French name of it. Right. And so he did that, and he he translated, he turned it in, he was uh, completely rejected. They did not like his translation, they didn't use it. You so did a bad they job. They, they, you did a bad job, dude. You <laughs> translated a bad song. Uh, so they got Paul Anka to do it instead. Sure. Old gentleman named Panka. Good old Pam. Um, and they they liked his, and they used it. And apparently, the name of the song is "Oh, I don't know, My Way." Ever heard of it? There, there's a little David Bowie thanks to the connection from 1968. Wow. Loses. So wait a minute. Miserably. Wait a minute. The actual song "My Way," which Frank Sinatra, that's like his song. That's a song. <clears> yeah. That was originally translated from a, a French song that was not originally titled "My Way." No, I mean. Wow. Which I don't know. Debutude. I don't actually know what that means. I know a decent amount of French, but I don't actually know what. Call means like. Like uh, the attitude, or I, I don't know. I don't know what habitude means. I and did it my way. Is uh, my way in this 
episode. I didn't look it up or bother to do the, the research on this. You just stuff went. Anyway. You just went. That's your way <laughs> is to go about forty percent of the way. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> for this episode, I don't know. You're just. I've got a phone to get in. You know. There's a lot of lassitude here. Metaphorically and as always, literally phoning it in. You know, I just I'm picturing you. You're you're just you're kicked back. You might be laying down for some reason in. <laughs> like I'm only half laying down. <laughs> Barca lounger. Well, just... I'm on the floor because I got my my uh, laptop plugged in the outlet, and oh, so I'm kind of like I'm lounging. I'm, I'm you know I'm leaning against the bed <laughs> in, my, in my bedroom here. The only reason you're not too comfortable is because if you did do that, you'd probably just fall asleep. Just fall asleep. <laughs> Um, the beer is not currently in reach, so I'm going to have to move pretty soon. Wow. But that will be a lot of work for you right now, I can tell. <laughs> All right, one more stipulated <laughs> question. One more? This, is, this one I can see you getting wrong also. Here we this go. This is some kind of Davecation, I tell you what. Which did Bowie do? A, release a good but not great techno-inspired single. Uh-huh. Or B, perform live with Arcade Fire. Okay, the, fr- the first one. No, 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 no. sorry, the second one. The answer, so you're already wrong. No, it was Perform Live with Arcade Fair. Oh, I'm right, though, I I changed it. I know, but you changed it after I already said you were wrong. No, that's not true. I was changing it while you said I was wrong. You're still wrong, Jake. 0.5 points. So wrong. Mark me down. Mark me down for 0.5. Anywho. Uh-huh. He did release a good but not great Tattoo-inspired song, but it was not released as a single. Instead, it was provided. It was uh, on the soundtrack for some movie I'd never heard of called Stealth. Stealth. The song is called "She Can Do That." What is she it can called? Is in, is in, she can do that. She can do that. She can. She. She. Like a woman, Jake. Oh, she. Yeah. Heard of those? Yeah, okay. I know a couple. <laughs> <laughs> you live with three she's. I know this. You have a wife well, and two daughters. I also have a cat that's also a female. So okay, there you go. Four largely she's. outnumbered. Yes. Got it. Okay. All right. Just you and your son holding, holding your own there. Yeah, we're not doing a good job. <laughs> Tell you that. No one expected you to. Do it. No one thought you would. <laughs> I know. A lot of low expectations for us here. I got it. Anyway, it was a decent song. Good, but not great. That's my description of it. Hey. It was done with with BT. It's just his, his name that he goes by is BT. Who's Hello. The movie, I'm BT. And Bowie did a sign with him. But uh, it was not released as a single. It was just on the still soundtrack. Oh, too bad. Too no, But on the other bad. hand, Bowie did perform live with Arcade Fire in 2005. In fact, wow. he only performed five songs live in the entire year of 2005 at two different events. And four of them were through Arcade Fire. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Okay. So three of them were at the Fashion Rocks event, which apparently is an event in which it's about fashion and fashion rocks, apparently. It does. It does. It does. And so Bowie started out by just doing, uh, what's there did he do? Why did I write any of this down? I really was one of Well, you can't be bothered to move. Life on Mar- I think it was Life on Mars. I think okay. it was Life on Mars. And it's All just right. him and uh, Mike Garson. Unfortunately, his name is not Mick. It's Mike. Yeah, should be. And uh, Mike Garrison's is a longtime piano player who's really awesome. He's really good. There's no mix. And they just piano. Run that together. Just them. And then later on in the show, he came out with Arcade Fire and played. <laughs> you could not write down what songs they played. Wow, Chaz. Whew, I know. I know what song they did. Playing uh, the part of Jake song. tonight will be Chaz. <laughs> Doing nothing. They did <laughs> one. Bowie's song and one arcade version. <laughs> the arcade version song was Wake Up. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a good song. 
it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to look it up really quick, but who cares? I don't know. It was some other, some other good Bowie song. Okay. It was, it wasn't Heroes. I can tell well, you that much. Yeah. <laughs> But it almost uh, always is, is Heroes. So I was you know. going to say, and Arcade Fire did this like weird New Orleans version of Heroes after he died. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I like do a remember megaphone. that. It was cool. Yeah, it was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Like going down the streets. Yep, yes. It was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, quick question. Two, two questions. Yeah. Two questions. Yeah. One, what's your favorite Arcade Fire album? My favorite? You're going to get into this right now, aren't you? Right now. I just want to ask five you. Years. Five years was the song they played together, by the way, the first track. Oh, of the Stardust. good. There you go. I like good, you nailed time. it. <laughs> my <laughs> first, my favorite Arcade Fire album is Reflector, which oh. also happens to feature a. Coincidence is coincidentally because it's legitimately my favorite one, but wow. it does feature a, uh, a guest vocal by David Boyd. Okay, a I don't understand that, but let's just let that pass. Uh, I know we talked about this before. We have not on this podcast though, probably. No, no, that's true. Because it's not Arcade air, Fire versus we're air Arcade all Fire. All our dirty laundry out here. Yeah, uh, mine is the suburbs. Uh, also, okay. do my you second f- favorite is funeral. I really like funeral. Funerals are wonderful. Don't don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, but also, neon bible is wonderful as well. Yeah, that's good too. I did not buy their newest album, Everything Now, nor do I intend to, based that, on what I listened to. It really went downhill fast. It sounded albums. really bad. And um, <clears throat> yeah, the lead single was all right. I liked the, the Everything Now song, yeah. Everything Now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, the yeah. rest of it sounded really like really bad. Like, yeah, really, really like bad. aggressively bad. That's what everyone... Like, yeah, like they were working really hard to be bad, and then they succeeded the cr- the cr- at being bad. <laughs> the critical reception was not kind. <laughs> it was not kind. It was something, kind of right something that David Bowie and Bob Dylan have in common with them. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know what I mean? So, well, you know, that's probably bodes well for them then, and their, yeah. and their long-term mystique. Well, you gotta, you gotta have some bad albums to make a comeback. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't make a comeback unless you get bad. I know. Although bands, I feel like when bands get bad, they just kind of stay bad. Often they do. You our know? guys, our guys did not. But you're talking bands, not but I'm, I'm individuals. I'm talking about bands right. rather than individuals. Without individuals the, can ebb and flow and do all kinds of stuff. Without the stuff, flexibility you know? of just you know working with different musicians or something. Right. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not. You know, I wouldn't describe myself as a fan of Kanye West, but I'm kind of fascinated, strangely fascinated by him. And also, he's one of those guys I think that in 20 years we'll think of him as like David Bowie and Bob Dylan. Sure, like, of course. Yeah, he's got that I agree level with that. of critical acclaim and popularity and mystique, and he's currently in a bad period. Yeah. There's all this weird stuff happening in the press with him promoting Trump and stuff. Like, there's just, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on here that's just, he's yeah. going to make an excellent story someday. Right. But he's lost his fast. But, you know, maybe. but when bands get bad, they don't often come back from being bad. I'm trying to think of an example. There's got I know, I'm one. trying to do it too, and I haven't come up with one yet. Where a band got, like, truly bad and then came back and was after, good again. After, like, a really excellent run. Right. I mean, like, can you picture the Smashing Pumpkins being great again absolutely not it will never happen no like I, I can't i can't imagine a scenario in which they come back with some great album nope. how is that ever gonna happen at this point it's i just never I gonna happen no. don't think it's possible i know yeah and then there's bands that just never quite went away like pearl jam just didn't get really bad they didn't they didn't sustain their excellence I mean, that's, the, that's the rolling stone syndrome right there you right know? right we exactly. just keep chugging along at the exact same thing and never get really like I don't know. They probably have some really stinkers. But even the Rolling yeah, Stones had like a, a disco album. Pearl Jam would never yeah, do something like that. Yeah, I think they like do. That. Yeah. No, yeah. they do. Oh, they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually one of their good albums, though, which is kind of funny. But you know, you know, like Neil Young releasing a techno album and a rockabilly album and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and a vocoder album. album. And then, but then coming back to all kinds of acclaim later on. Like, 
people, you know, individuals seem to be able to do this. Oh, I'm gonna think of. I'm gonna think of. You think band. about this. I'll if think about it. You come up with it. the link, or you let me know. This is a All great. Right, so that was my whole David Bowie and Arcade Fire thing. Yeah, and then uh, so the other performance that David Bowie did was he did encores with Arcade Fire at a show of theirs in New York that he was attending. He just came out. He's just did, like, uh, I'm David Bowie. They did Wake Up Again, and they also did uh, Queen Bitch. One of Bowie's songs wow. from Hunky Dory. Noise. They seem to like that, you know, Hunky Dory, Ziggy Stardust range. That's what they did. So, so finally, well, we have Jake. Well, the year and hair. Of course, the year and hair. Hit it. He still doesn't have a song. Why does the year and the hair have a song with Jake? Um, I don't know. Asking. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll I'll get with my musical director. That's me, and we'll see what I we mean, can come up with. I mean, it's the most regular segment out of everything we do. It's true, and it's uh, sort of the start of the show. I get. I've, a, I've forgotten. I've forgotten on a couple occasions, but sort of the start of the show. Weird. It's the most common feature, and I, it also gives me a special thrill every time. You love the, the year here. Everyone I do. I don't that. know why. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> you especially love me making a points on the spot because I never think about it ahead of time. I just go with whatever yeah. number pops in my head. And yeah. I just go. Yeah, yeah. All right. So here we go. All right, so it's, it's happening right now. In 2005, Bowie is a. He's got a kind of a mid-length. Shaggier Bon Jovi haircut right now. Yeah, he's the Bon Jovi. He's doing the Bon Jovi. He had the full Bon Jovi <laughs> in 2003 and 2004. Uh-huh. He was definitely the Bon. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is also like, it's exactly what like the Goo Goo Dolls were wearing in the 90s. Yeah, of you know, course. Yep. Of like yep. Uneven, asymmetrical, like, like uh, long green places. But kind of like, kind of like Jonathan Taylor Thomas a little bit. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> and this is way too late for all of this in 2005. No, oh, yeah, for it. sure. It's way behind all of this stuff. So Weird. <laughs> that's so weird. Uh, that's because you going here. So, I mean, it didn't bow this is still nowhere close to his worst haircut. Um, I'm going to give it you. Okay. You know, I don't really like Bon Jovi. The audience, bon Jovi. the audience at home will know exactly what that means, too. Got it. <laughs> Two out of probably five. I don't think I've ever determined. Could I've be never five. Exactly how many points we're working on here. No, but it's it's just just a two. If you want to tell your friends about it, it's just a two. That's all it is. It's just a two. Yeah. It's not out of anything. It's just a two. <laughs> just a two. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Hey Jake, why don't you hit us with some uh, some Bob Dylan from 2005? Maybe you know, you've been talking you know, somehow for 37 minutes about nothing. I don't know. I, didn't, I thought this was really going to be like a 15 minuter, you know? I really thought it was going to be a short one. Oh, man. This is terrible when this happens, but. Okay. Well, I'll do my best. Keep yours under 10, okay? All right. Yeah, under 10. Here we go. All righty. Bob Dylan in 2005. A little bit more of an eventful year than David Bowie. Uh, but uh, I will talk about it for less time than you talked about your nothing year. How's that? I don't even know how we did it, but yeah, yeah you well, go for it. Well, we is the operative word there. I'd say it was you. You did it. <laughs> is that 60-40 thing again? <laughs> yeah, it's more like a 70-30. I seem to recall you doing a lot of talking. There, there was a lot of tangential stuff. Um, you were making you your led own... The, you led the whole Arcade Fire tangent. How dang, I you... did. I answer... And I had another I question. I but you started it. I had another sure, question for you, too. I was wondering if there was a Mick in every country in the world. I bet there's one Mick in every country. Do you think that's true? Oh, I'm sure there is. Just one. You Maybe know, like Canada, Canada can't have many mix, but there's at least one. Oh, absolutely. Uganda, one mix, for sure. <laughs> Vatican City, Jake, this is what we want to know about. <laughs> there uh, may not be a mix in Vatican City. There could have like been a mix that, that got a new name, you know, like the Pope. I mean, there was Pope, Pope, 
Pope Saint Mick, but you know that was a long time ago, probably. Pope, Pope so, since I just made it up a lot, just right now. Pope Mick the Great, I think that was one. Pope, Pope Mick the Third. <laughs> well, with any luck, you know, and with God on our side, we'll get another Pope Mick one day. <laughs> or a first one. Or, what we just made up. Or a first true. one. There's definitely no Pope Micks. I guarantee it. <laughs> yes. Uh, All right. Let's talk about let's talk about the never-ending tour of 2005 because. I've just uh, did it end in 2005. It, uh, it did not. I have that in my notes. I don't even have to look through them. I know, I know because I wrote stuff down. He he toured from March through November. There were three legs, 113 total concerts. <laughs> <laughs> hey Jake, I'm gonna interrupt you quickly to let you know that when you start searching for Pope Mick, it yeah. turns into Pope Mickey Rourke, and I don't know why. <laughs> You actually searched for Pope Mick. Well, yeah. <laughs> what are they going to do? Joy. Well, no, apparently not. Uh, <laughs> he toured... I'm sorry. A hundred and something or other tours. There's your shows. Yeah, never any tour. Apparently more than Bowie's five songs he performed. At yeah, not five dates, five songs. <laughs> not five uh, dates, five yeah, songs. That's 82 in North America, 31 in Europe. He toured the with Merle Haggard for hey. the first leg. Hey. Yeah, Hail Merle. That. Uh, and he Old did uh, he did residencies on this on this tour. So I have a what? serious actual question for you. Did yeah. Dylan was he get a little like nostalgic in his old days? I feel like he was touring in later years, but you know, he was touring with Paul Simon when we talked about that for that episode ninety nine. Yeah. That was just last episode. I feel like he toured with he toured with Neil Young or something. I feel like he's touring with some of these older like you know people of his generation type. Although Merle Haggard, I think he's a little older than Dylan. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I think they're probably roughly the same age. Okay. All right, Merle might be it. a little younger, actually. Because... I'll look it up while, while not listening to you. Yeah, why don't you do that? And interrupt you. Um, he was accused in the 80s of bringing people on to sell more tickets and then not like actually caring that they were on the, on the bill. But I don't yeah, know I, I don't know I if that's true that. at this time. I think he was like, I like sure Merle Haggard. Merle. You know, maybe I'll go on tour with him. Or maybe somebody yeah, approached Merle Haggard's got to be a little bit old. He was born in 37. That's a little older than old Bob. Oh, he, he was born in 37? Yeah. Oh, wow, he is older than Bob. Bob was, I think, yeah. 43 or 41 or something. I can't remember. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, he also toured with Willie Nelson on a U.S. ballpark tour. See there, Willie Nelson again? It's uh-huh. just nostalgic. So I'm saying right here. He liked Willie. Yeah, I think I think he might be right. Maybe he was getting nostalgic. Okay. Right. I don't know. You know, he was comfy. He didn't have to really do anything but tour the entire yeah. year. <laughs> that's still true at the current day. <laughs> and it's still going. All right, so that's it. That's it for the old never-ending tour. Let's go to another thing that he did. He provided a song to the original motion picture soundtrack of North Country. Do you remember that movie? I remember the name vaguely. It had Charlize Theron, Francis McDormand, and Woody Harrelson. It was some sort of uh, like coal mining, northern Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know, gritty, hey. gritty drama. Right, uh, hey. I should have done one of my patented trailer reads, but I didn't. I didn't do it. I guess it was kind of an Oscar grab. They're patented as of like last episode when the first time of the year we did one, right? What's that? Say again. This is your patented Oscar patented trailer reads, like as of last episode when I think you did your first one ever. No way! I've done that many times. Not many Many times. times? Uh, Several times. Whenever Bob Dylan's in a movie, I I don't really listen to you. Whenever Bob Dylan's in a crappy movie, I I do the trailer (laughs) chat. Okay, I do right. it. Now, whether I'm on the phone all with right. you or not, that's a, that's a different story. I don't know. <laughs> that's the real question here. All right. That's really what So, Bob, uh, Bob, Bob contributed a song called Tell Old Bill 
which has uh, ended up being a, a classic Latter-day Bob track. It was not released as a single, or it would have gotten points, but he didn't release it as a single. Good uh, one, Bob. But, he, but he was out there. Good one. All right, and then he released a you know relative bevy of uh, things. No original albums in 2005. However, okay. however, his um, he or probably more likely his recording company released a couple live albums. One was Live at the Gaslight, 1962. That's early Bob. That's early, early Bob. Bob. That's uh, baby Bob. Now uh, we have a little controversy corner with that one, um, and a little a multiple choice question for you. Just, just all right, lay it on me. Intertwined. Uh, yeah. What did this album, Live at the Gaslight, 1962? What organization or store did they have an exclusive 18-month distribution deal with? Was it A, Walmart? Was it B, Target? C, Starbucks? Or D, the AARP? I and wish it was the AARP. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know it's not? Um, I guess I don't, but I'm pretty sure uh, it's not. I'm going to go with Starbucks. Oh, you're right. It is Starbucks. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> they were doing that kind Starbucks of crap back then. Starbucks was trying to like, release albums for a while there. They were... They were... Uh, I, I think I read this somewhere, and I might, be, I might be slightly wrong, but they were, if not the biggest distributor of music, like one of the biggest distributors of music for like a year in the mid-2000s. Because, <laughs> Starbucks was. Yeah, because there's like 8,000 stores in you uh-huh. know, the world or whatever, like way even more they, than... Even though they only sold like 10 albums, they, like, you know... Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Didn't technically. Didn't have much collection, but, you know... People well, people used to go and be like, ooh, the new Dave Matthews is at Starbucks. <laughs> ooh. ooh. It's some compilation of people I'll, with acoustic guitars. Uh, I'll have... Uh, doing covers of other people. Mm. I'll have my $10 latte with my $10 CD now, please. Okay. Okay. Mm. <laughs> That's how people talk when they go to Starbucks. It's pretty That's right. That's how I talk okay. when I go to Starbucks, which is never. So, yeah. Hello, my name if is If I ever go, Shirley. just tell me to talk. I... Hey, I would like a <laughs> glass of water, please. <laughs> I don't enjoy coffee. Here's, here's my 750. Yes, thank you. Oh, I'll also take this tasteful acoustic bongo album, please. <laughs> <laughs> We had a whole th- we had a whole thing that went on for a while. Um, I believe that was it. Part of the time I visited you and your uh, your radio was broken. That no, that 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 had to have been after that. Well, that was fun. For those listeners at home, I visited Jake one time at his home, and his radio in his car, his sole sound system in his car was completely broken. So we just got into the habit of singing ridiculous songs. We kind of like pick a a genre and just you know. I remember we did hair metal. Like we just did like. And we just sang hair metal songs. It was really fun. It was really fun. It was great. It was great. It was a bonding moment, is what it was. That could have been in 2005. It's possible. It's totally possible. And actually, uh, I think that I, I honestly think it was in 2005. That was one of the years I visited you. Wow. Before you had, before you had kids and everything. Wow. You might be right. You might be right, Chaz. <laughs> uh, anyway, it went like Charlie would make like a little bongo sound, and then <laughs> it was like always mid tempo, and I would pretend that I was like an acoustic. <laughs> it would be like. Pour some sugar on me. You know, I can't like even that. Do it, yeah. I can't get a straight face. 
You couldn't then either. All right. Uh, all right. So the controversy is Chaz a a music uh, a music store called HMV Canada, which they yeah. they distribute music and, and sell it. They're kind yeah, of like a, the Sam Goody of Canada or something like that. But they're still around. <laughs> so all those they sell twenty different CDs and they're all nineteen dollars. Yes, that's exactly right. But they have like a sure. huge. I guess they have a huge selection. There's one of them in Bloomington, in, uh, in where I live. Oh, is in, there really an Northern, HMV? Yes, there is. I know it's 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 in Burnsville. That's wild. I almost went there one time and then I didn't. I don't remember why. You probably they seem like they had reasonable prices though. I almost made it down there. You made the right choice because they decided to pull all of their Dylan material from their shelves in protest of this exclusive <laughs> distribution deal with Starbucks over this one album. <laughs> nice on each They just took. All seventy. Ridiculous they took all seventy-five million Bob Dylan albums that they probably had from across the ages. What did they, they do just, with their stock? Well, they just pulled it and put it in the back, and then later they they acquiesced or something happened and they put it all back out there. I mean, I, I can't imagine that they're just they're living and dying by Bob Dylan, but you know. They probably no, sell. They, still, you they know, sell some, still a lot of. They sell some a Dylan. Lot of Bob Dylan albums. You they know? sell some Dylan. I'm pretty He's sure. He's a perennial favorite. I mean, especially in Canada. Please. Perennial favorite, Jake. It's perennial. It's so it's so close to Minnesota where he was born that, you know. Yeah, he's practically... I mean, might as well call us in Minnesota. Just he's, practically, Canada, you know? he's practically from there. You know what I mean? No. That's, yeah. that's what people yeah. say about yeah. us. They're like, eh, is that close to Canada or what? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> relatively speaking. Yeah. yeah. I love little, little Canada. That's what Minnesota is. <laughs> that's good. That's real good. Uh, so anyway, that's early Bob. Uh, not quite as early Bob, but still early Bob was a live at Carnegie Hall, nineteen sixty-three release. This was oh, a, this was that's a, still really that's still really early though. It is, but he had gained a, a much more fame in that in that year. Yeah, uh, this yeah. was a six-song EP that was clearly um, a public domain um, entrance. <laughs> uh, nine other songs from this very concert have been released in various in various places, but this one was just okay. a six song, or I'm sure they were the six songs that hadn't been released yet. Just you know, just get them out there. Uh, Cash grab. That had no controversy whatsoever, except that it's just kind of a bad idea. So everyone's like, uh, "Where are the rest of the songs?" Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought when I was like, "Oh, live there was Carnegie controversy. Hall." I believe that was his first concert at Carnegie Hall. Pretty sure. Now, Jay, I do have a quick question for you. In 2005, did you go to Starbucks to buy the album? Uh, no, I did not. No, okay. I mean, because I know you were a Dylan fan at the time, but I wasn't sure how extreme your mania was at that point. Oh, it wasn't very extreme. I, I don't know. Okay. I probably would have been... Like, if this happened today, I'd be like, I, you know, I'll just buy it on Amazon later or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, would just, I would just ask my wife to go instead for me. It's like, hey, hey, Claudia. Hey, hey, hey Claudia, you know? would, you, would you go get... Go get the, the David Boyle hey, from Starbucks. Don't tell those complete strangers that it was me that wanted it, okay? Because <laughs> they'll judge me, and I can't have that. They'll judge me. I mean, probably judge me positively because they're at Starbucks and they like it. But uh... <laughs> They're very chipper, but don't tell them it's me. <laughs> they're okay. caffeinated, so that explains the good moods. It's in the air. It's just the fumes. Um, all right, and then, Chaz, we have a little bit of a... Oh, wait. Let's let's get to the most important thing of all. It's yet another Bob Dylan compilation. It's the best of Bob yes. Dylan. The 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 best. It's the best, the best of Bob the Dylan. The very best. So they keep releasing this is like, these this things. Is actually, career spanning at this point. Uh, yes, but it was only one CD. So what? You're gonna get like you're gonna get like fifteen so of the best. All of it's all of it's from 1966 and 1967. <laughs> all of it, every single song. <laughs> 
No, Chaz. They <laughs> It's probably like they stuck like one Time Out of Mind song on the end or something. In 2005, how do you make a one-disc populate? I have no idea. No, It's it, absurd. It's outrageous. It's it, just, yeah. It's preposterous. It's, uh... So yeah, wait, wait until 2014 when we talk about Bob Dylan's best of, one-disc best of. The one-disker. Um, so we're approaching the 14th anniversary of the of this compilation, which is important yeah. to note. I mean, it's so important. It's so important. But it reached number 53 on the Billboard charts regardless. Somehow. Hey, hot, <laughs> hot dog. Hey, y'all. Let's and there, Chaz, yep. we have ourselves, the last real thing for me to talk about, we have a real double dip. We have, oh, I got a quick multiple choice question for you to introduce hey. this thing that happened. All right. Um, the It goes something like this. Uh, which direction home? A, west, B, south by southwest, C, every, D, all, or E, no. No. Oh, you got it. No Direction Home came out this year, Chaz. Was that 2005? Yeah, 2005. So this was a... A documentary by Martin Scorsese. Oh, wait. What? I didn't see that. I'm thinking something different. Oh. Well, Which let... is the one where all the different actors play him? Oh, Keep that's... We, we already went through that. That's I'm Not There. That's the Todd oh, yeah. Haynes okay. movie. I did not see No Direction Home, but I've heard of it. I really like I'm Not There. I did I did watch that one. I was confused by it because I'm not as big a Bob Dylan fan of you, but... Uh, I just see it again because I would know I would get a lot of more of it now, having listened to you occasionally. Exactly. Well, I don't know. You you didn't realize that we had, we had already... I admit, I admit occasionally, Jake. <laughs> You you didn't remember that we already talked in detail about I'm not there before. Well, I remember it now, Jake. <laughs> oh, are you? <laughs> yeah, I am. Is that beer helping your memory? Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, it's, it's a tall boy, Jake. I want you to know that. You got a tall boy, bro? Yeah, that's right. Oh, I love tall boys. I know how to do the afternoon while podcasting with you right, Jake, okay? I like, I like tall boys because I'm not a tall boy. I'm kind of a short boy. <laughs> I'm a short man. <laughs> Uh, so if there's ever like a, a seven ounce beer, I'm that's the called a short man. That's more of my short speed. man. That's, that's me. <laughs> it's like a five. And a, I am exactly the same size as you. So yeah. Also me. If it's if it's something in the in the in the general vicinity of like a five foot seven inch short man. <laughs> well, I'm only five six, so you know. No, well, that. whatever I am, I don't know what I am. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, anyway, no direction home. No direction home. Was a combination documentary by Martin Scorsese. Ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. But also the Bootleg never, Series never. Volume 7, which was the soundtrack to No Direction Home, called, you guessed it, No Direction Home. Hey, hey uh, well, that makes sense. I'll talk about, the, about the movie first. I thought, uh, oh, it should be noted that my, my loving wife, Brooke, bought for Christmas that year in 2005, bought me the movie on DVD and the Bootleg <laughs> Series Volume 7 double CD edition of the soundtrack. I know. Yeah, the selections were only two discs at that time. That was the like only 15. thing, but she selected correctly. Yeah, well done. Well she done. Knew you. Uh, so let's talk about the movie. I had assumed that this was a whole big deal, you know, from the start with Scorsese and Dylan, like, getting together and all that stuff. Um, it turns out that it was based on interviews from 1995 through 2000 by Jeff Rosen, who is Bob Dylan's manager, Okay. So Dylan himself sat down for very lengthy interviews. Um, he's pretty open and pretty, you know. I mean, he's KG. He's Bob, but at the same so, time, well, I mean, he doesn't KG sound like is his middle name. His made-up middle name. One of his many made-up middle names. 
Yeah, that's right. KG. Bob KG Dylan. KG. Bob KG Dylan. Bob KG, but sometimes, uh, sometimes out there, Dylan. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So he, so of course, he of course again sort of asserts that he may have sold his soul to the devil. To uh, yeah, that's that old chestnut. <laughs> he just brings it out at parties sometimes. He's like, hey, guess what, guys? <laughs> he senses a low in conversation. He's hey. like, hey, hey, hey. Well, what an old so good playing guitar. There I was. I just left New York, went back to Minneapolis, <laughs> and when I came back, I saw my son of the devil. <laughs> That's how he says that. Oh, Bob, <laughs> you're so crazy. You're so crazy, man. Yeah, he sold it to the commander in chief. That's what he said. <laughs> the commander in chief. That's right. Um, okay, so this movie um, had just been kind of all these interviews with him and a lot of other people had just been kind of kicking around. Um, Dylan himself had no involvement with the project, which I didn't know. And I believe his manager, the same one that did all the interviews, uh, had this as a quote about what Dylan thought about it. Say, quote, Dylan has no interest in this. Bob truly does not look back, end quote. <laughs> so it's a little, I find that a little on the nose, seeing as yeah, well, the, the previous documentary about him was called Don't Look Back. And so he's like, uh-huh. Bob truly he does not look he back. Didn't. He wouldn't do that. He, he wouldn't would, look back. You know what? Whenever he's running and it, something explodes behind him, he doesn't look at it. <laughs> he does look back. He doesn't look back. He never, back. he truly does not do that. Mm-mm. Uh, you know, some of the featured little scenes in there that were, you know, that were kind of cool were a scratchy recording of Bob Dylan's uh, high school rock band, which he was Elsa. Oh, man. In I know. I would love to see that. A young Bob Dylan, a very young Bob Dylan, still in high school. A screen test in 1965 for Andy Warhol. Um, and by screen Whoa. test, that means he just stares at the camera and there's no sound. That's the screen test. Well, that sounds like one of Andy Warhol's movies, so... Yeah, exactly. Hey, Hey-o! Um, there was also... Oh, I already mentioned the, the the devil thing. It was just... It was a trip through his life from his youth until 1966 um, before he, he crashed his motorbike. So that whole that whole area there. That whole... That old chest. When he had no direction home. That sounds like a familiar lyric, and I just can't place what what song it's in. Just kidding. I can't it's, tell it. Right <laughs> I was. I don't. I really don't know. So <laughs> like a Rolling Stone. Oh, it's a Rolling Rolling Stone. Oh, like, okay. Even I know that one. See, I no direction right. home. No direction home. <laughs> like, like a Rolling Stone. stone. <laughs> uh, the rest of the podcast is just going to be me and Chaz dueling bobs. <laughs> Dueling Bobs. In your prime. Didn't you? Hey, whoa. All right, that's enough. Um, oh, and also, this is the most important part. Oh, it was well received. It was, you know, it, it aired on PBS in America and BBC Two in England. Uh, good, good reviews, that kind of thing. I've watched it, you know, several times over the years, and it's, it's very good. Um, but here's the most important part, Jess. Uh-huh. The the movie served as an inspiration for one of our great 21st century artists. Uh, as you may have heard of him, his name is Justin Timberlake. And it served <laughs> as an inspiration for Justin Timberlake for his part in the movie Inside Llewellyn Davis. Oh, man! Inside Llewellyn yes. Davis makes it into this episode? It did. Yes. By, yes. by way of Justin Timberlake. 
who well, I had forgotten I, was in can that. Can I movie. admit that I kind of like Justin Timberlake as an actor? Yeah, he's fine. He's great. I like him in the social network. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen him in anything bad. Mm-mm. Mm. Maybe not. I don't think I've seen him in anything bad. I'm sure he's done bad stuff. I've seen him in but one movie, and it was Inside Llewellyn Davis, and he was fine. And Social Network. <laughs> he was also good in that one. He is good in that movie. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, also. I just, I had a chuckle. Like, and he's thinking, done some stuff for like SNL, which is really funny. Yeah, he does that. Those dancing Christmas Town things are hilarious. I don't know what that is, but come on yeah. down to Christmas Town. I was thinking of Dick in a Box personally. Well, but... Dick in a Box is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I think you introduced me to that. I did, I and so. I also introduced it uh, to my mother while we watched with her at her house. <laughs> That was a little awkward. That was awkward, but still so funny. Okay. But she thought it was funny too. So it was she okay. did. She thought it was silly and not and not. Uh, okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> not borderline pornographic. I just thought it was funny thinking about Justin Timberlake like sitting around and being like, "Oh yeah, I've just seen this Bob Dylan documentary. I he's a real artist. I'm a real artist. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take this as inspiration for my small role in this Coen Brothers movie." Which he he's great in that movie because he's a total tool. Exactly. So wait he a minute. Plays the tool. He plays the tool really well. Does he think that Bob's a tool? Is that the inspiration you got? Mean, the tool inspiration. I don't know. <laughs> Since you know a fictional Bob has a you know appearance in Lewin Davis inside Lewin Davis at the very end. Yeah, he does. All right, let's move on to the soundtrack. Bootleg series volume seven was the soundtrack to No Direction Home. Number sixteen in the U.S. Number twenty-one in the U.K. Uh, highlights. There is uh, Dink's song, which we've talked about before. That's one of Bob's best covers. He's very young. He sings Dink's song. Uh, I Was Young When I Left Home. That's a great song. Oh, uh, and the Tombstone Blues. There's an alternate version where he's playing... Tombstone Blues. Uh, Mama's in the factory. She ain't got no shoes. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah, that's on Highway 61 Revisited. There's an alternate yeah. version where... It's one of the, one of the Dylan albums I own. Mike Bloomfield, the just tasty lick provocateur named Mike Bloomfield, <laughs> he he rips it so hard that Bob can't even he can't even take it. He starts like laugh after like three verses. He's like, "Man, you got to put him behind a wall or something." I can't. He couldn't even. The licks were so crazy he couldn't take. The it. licks were just too much. They were so tasty that Bob. They were too many licks. There were too, too many, many licks. licks. You know, it wasn't even tasteful. It was gratuitous. Delicious. Gratuitous <laughs> and delicious. Uh, oh, and then there's the performance of there's a performance of like a Rolling Stone where he gets Judas yelled at him. That's kind of a yeah. Hey, you got to have that on a. Should I do it, Jake? Should I yell it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. <clears throat> Judas. I don't believe you. You're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. Uh, I'd say the analogies and the rest of his catalog um, are the Bootleg Series Volumes 1 through 3, which were outtakes from his entire career up till 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, but also The Cutting Edge, the I think it's Volume 12, where he does 65 through 66. So some of those ones that were on the No Direction Home soundtrack ended up also on The Cutting Edge uh, Bootleg Series. A little Bootleg Series cross-referencing, if you will. I will. Okay, you did. You already did that. You did it already. I did. All right, I will, and uh, and I did, and I will. Okay, you did, you will. I got out of here in uh, twenty-five minutes. That means it's Whew. up to you to do points. All right, well, points I got down here, Jake. All right, points. 
Number one. Yeah. Uh, Bowie's collaborations with Arcade Fire, live collaborations at Fashion Rocks, were released as an EP. Oh. EP is a very strange thing in the David Bowie uh, universe. He has like two of them ever, mm. and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good. I like it. I like it, and it's good. And it's enjoyable to listen to, and I like it. I don't actually own it because it's not, it was available for a very short amount of time on iTunes only. It's called Arcade Fire and David Bowie, live at Fashion Rocks. It's okay. a three track. EP, and I'm giving it one track. point. One point for the three, three track. tracker. All right. I'm giving it one point because I, I feel like that that level of EP only earns up to one point. And then uh, he re-released David Live and Stage, two, his first two live albums from the 70s. Both of them were greatly improved by the changes made to them in 2005. And uh, to the point where I argue that both of them deserve an extra half a point. Like, if I were to rate the original version of David Live and the original version of Stage and the version, the post-2005 versions of both, I would give the post-versions a half a point more when I rated them. Okay. So I'm giving them each a half a point. Okay. So we had a total of two points, Jake. Hey. John, over to you. Boom. Wow, that was, was the very efficient. Ever. Yeah, I know. All right. Um, I'll start with the never-ending tour. Uh, 113 shows. Now, last time, I think he did, like, 119, and I was, so I was like, oh, that's that's such a hefty load, I'll give him a full point. But now, you know, uh-huh. 113 is, you know, basically as hefty. He was he was slacking off. He was slacking. He, he missed the, he, he just, he Can't downed, believe that. downed that six business. shows. So I guess I'll give it a half point. I don't see any reason to give it a full point, even though I think it's impressive he did 113. But we'll just go with a half point this time. Whatever. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all know Dylan's going to win here. Yeah, so Dylan, Dylan's go. got this one in the band, so bag, so right. let's go. Okay, right. I'm going to give Live at the Gaslight, I think is uh, that's the 1962 show. Yeah, despite its, that sounds interesting. Despite its very, you know, just insane HMV Canada controversy, which threatened to <laughs> consume popular media for an entire... Uh, as a whole. For 18 months. It's all anyone talked about. I know, Sam Goody... Uh, it is a mix of his very earliest songs, but mostly um, traditional and folk songs, which that's what he was doing at the time. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. very representative. One of his first performances ever captured live. I'm giving it a plus 0. 0.5. Hey, sounds good. I mean, I think these well things heard. are probably only like worth a point each, right? I don't know, a full live album? I guess it is a full live album. It's a full live album. I think you got to give it more. All right, I'll give it 1.5. What about that? Okay, yeah. Sounds good. Okay, all right. Live album I like that up to one. three, Jake. If that's a full live album, not like a you know, six no, song. No, that's, that's, that's the other one. one. Uh, the well, other, yeah, that, that gets up to three if you wanted to. The other one is a the other one is a six song EP, which you know clearly is just let's get these things out there so nobody so it doesn't go yeah. into public domain. So that's a zero. That doesn't mean anything. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, and then the Bootleg Series Volume Seven. Now Bob didn't have anything to do with the actual documentary. Like if he had. He was in it, obviously, but so that, right. that's that's not a point thing. I thought he was heavily involved. I, I think they did some good marketing there, kind of making it. Maybe that's why Suggesting they had to. That that yeah, maybe that's that's kind of why they had to. The manager had to come out and give that terrible quote about how he never looks back. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but wait, he's but, like, but Bob, never? Bob, maybe truly, looks back? he truly wait, is. But he occasionally looks back, just this time from time, you know. He like truly, when it was he look back. He truly is a Rolling Stone. Bob is. He, uh, uh, no direction at all. He just doesn't like have a direction. Stuff. He doesn't have a direction at home. No direction. No direction at all. Uh, to his home. He's just blowing in the wind, that Bob. You know him. <laughs> 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 he doesn't look back. 
Yeah, um, he, does he just like once in a while, you know, he's, he's got a couple drinks, a couple drinks, you know, does he look back a little bit that? Maybe just that? You know, even when he's in the bar and his back is to the door and someone walks in, he doesn't look at that person. He, he waits for back. them to come in front he of never, him. He never looks back. People never. have to come. If you want to talk to Bob, do not tap him on the shoulder. He won't look at you. you got to come around at the front. He you have to come around front. In fact, <laughs> at all times in front of Bob Dylan, there's a line of people waiting to talk to him because no one can approach him from the rear. It's funny because that's what happens. Um, Bootleg Series Volume Seven uh, is so. I was gonna, I was gonna do some research on this. I was gonna pop it in the car stereo and do all that stuff. And I, you know, I popped it in there, and then I, I realized instead I said you pulled instead you pulled a Charlie and didn't do it. No, I was I I pulled a Jake and realized that I'd listened to this thing like a million times. It's kind of it's kind of been a it's it's been on my my radar in my rotation yeah. for quite some time. It's really no, good. No, no direction did it was. Was the soundtrack all like unreleased music, or was it a mixture, or was it a comp? Or I believe it was for the most part unreleased, like ninety nine percent. I think the okay, the, all right, all right. The like a Rolling Stone version was on another bootleg series that was concerned with that tour. Yeah, um, but other than that, it was it was uh, it was very very much unreleased, and um, it's only a two discer, so there's no aesthetic points to it. But it is it is fantastic. It's great to listen to. So I give it a I give it the full plus three. Oh, full plus three! Wow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. smoking. It's it's Boy, a great. Uh, my brow over here. It's a great uh, introduction to Bob Dylan, honestly, yeah. of that period. Yeah. All right. You know, besides going to the, the the most obvious ones, so that's everything. Three three point five. He got himself a fiver this time. That's a big one. That's yeah. A big year. Good work, Bob. Big year. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. Yeah, nice one. Hey, I'll tell you a year that uh, both of our guys will probably not do as well in. What's what's coming up next, Jess? We're uh, hitting it up with 1985. I'm kind of For excited. Some reason, Jake and I both want to sing to the tune of 1984 <laughs> by the Rhythmics. I feel like 85 actually fits better than 84 for some reason, even though it's not what the song is. And even it's though not the, George, name, the name of the classic novel by George Orwell. He really missed, he really missed the boat on that. Should not he really, have I mean, well, you know why it was called 1984? Uh, the book be- original? Because 1985 was too cool? I don't know. Because it was, he originally wanted to be like set in the present day, but his publisher said it was a good idea. So he was. It was published in 1948. So they just reversed the last two hey, digits. Makes perfect sense. That's why. Hey, way That's to why. go. Mm-hmm. Way to go. So I don't know about Dylan, but I'm pretty sure Bowie's gonna be coming down to the streets and uh, dancing, <laughs> in the, dancing in the streets. Well, with, maybe, with a Mick. Uh, with Mick number three or so, three or four. I forgot where Big Jagger lands up. Eighty-five might be the yachtiest year of Bob Dylan's career. <laughs> He's on it's it. It's gonna be. He's on it. You're gonna hate yourself after this episode. Might, I know we will. It might hurt your feelings, but I'm excited to do that for you, audience. You're gonna need a, you're gonna need a shower after this. Absolutely, and what All a right. shower! <laughs> what a shower! With that, <laughs> I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. And we'll see you next time. Hey, bye.